Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. Today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a familiar word today to many who associate it only with exercise, but yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity, the bring together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Beyond the stretching and poses that are familiar to many, Kriya Yoga is a wider system, including philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Today our topic is Yoga for Radiant Health, where ancient science meets modern medicine. Arising from the inherently therapeutic practices of the ancient system of yoga, yoga therapy is now a field for active research and treatment. This blossoming field uses yoga's tools to help clients maintain wellness, prevent chronic disease, and improve the course of numerous illnesses. As part of our summer series on optimum health with yoga and Ayurveda, today we'll be discussing yoga therapy's vast potential to help heal body, mind, and spirit. And my guest today is Dr. Larry Payne, Ph.D., internationally respected yoga teacher, yoga therapist, and back specialist. He's authored several books on yoga therapy, most recently, I should say he co-authored several books on yoga therapy, most recently, Yoga Therapy and Integrative Medicine, Where Ancient Science Meets Modern Medicine. 
Larry is founding president of the International Association of Yoga Therapists and the founding director of the Yoga Therapy RX program at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. You can find out more about Larry's books, trainings, and yoga therapy sessions at the website samata.com. That's S-A-M-A-T-A dot com. Welcome, Larry Payne. I'm delighted that you could join us today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you, Laurel. It's truly my pleasure, and I might mention we are uh, meeting on a very auspicious day. This is the birth uh, day of Krishna, called Janamastami. Mm. Well, happy birthday, Krishna, and how auspicious right. for, for all, <laughs> how auspicious all, for all of us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, before we enter into a dialogue about yoga for radiant health, let's begin with a moment of meditation. Om. Let's begin by bringing our attention to the present moment, starting right where we are, right now. Our breath is a wonderful tool to help us bring our awareness to the present, wherever we are and whatever we're doing. So let's start by taking a fully conscious breath, just noticing as we inhale and exhale. Not trying to change it, just noticing its natural flow. Cool air entering the nostrils. And warm air flowing out. In this moment, we can dive within and open our heart to the divine. One reality called by many names is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right here and now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone and everything. It's within us, between us, and all around us. Just by being present now and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and as they pass away. We become aware of our essential nature beyond words or thoughts, beyond all change, beyond sensation, pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from the essence of our being. We allow it to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, 
and the physical body. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Once again, Larry Payne, welcome to the Yoga Hour. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So, Larry, most of our listeners are familiar with yoga, but may not be familiar with yoga therapy. So let's start by talking about what's the difference between yoga and yoga therapy? Well, I would say to put it in a nutshell, um, like uh, my teacher has expressed at TKB Deskachar, may he rest in peace, Um, yoga therapy is for people who basically don't fit into a group class. It's all the principles of yoga, you know, that we have, which is so many principles and practices. And so it's usually done one-on-one with somebody who has special need. Uh, That could be muscular, skeletal, it could be digestive, it could be any system of the body. Uh, It could be for the number one most common disease in the world, depression. Um, It could be for all these things. And also, there's another category of yoga therapy, similar to our friends in physical therapy who have something called focus groups, whereas somebody who maybe had one-on-one about the low back can now go into low back class. Mm-hmm. or everybody there has that. So those are kind of the two ways that it, it is expressed. Well, you know, you mentioned physical therapy. And so what's the difference between yoga therapy and physical therapy? Well, first of all, physical therapy is a great thing. and uh, But f- physical therapy legally can handle acute situations. So... In India, it's different. You know, the laws are different. But here in Los Angeles, people sue people, you know, or in in, the, in America. Yeah. So those of you listening who want to be yoga therapists, really at this time and place, uh, we don't see people in acute pain. Uh, I've had a number of people call me on the phone and say, hey, Dr. Payne, I... You know, I'm crawling around the floor of my back. I can't wait to see you. I said, don't, don't see me. <laughs> go see Dr. Morris or go see Dr. Allen. You know, uh, so you get out of the acute state. So that's the big, there's a baton that goes from the physical therapy to the yoga therapy. The other thing is that uh, physical therapy is much more mechanical. Right. So whereas with yoga, from the very beginning, it's body, breath, and mind, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the big difference, and especially the breathing part, uh, where mm-hmm. we surround the movement with the breath and our mind is in present moment. Those are the big differences. Yeah, it, it seems to me that, uh, you know, yoga therapy really draws on the entire, you know, all of yoga and brings yeah. it into, a, you know, a therapeutic context. And, you know, physical therapy, and as you're saying, I should, I should stop and just say, as you're saying, it's not just for musculoskeletal problems. Um, although some people might think that if they think that yoga is just the postures, like what you see yeah. in a in a regular yoga class, they might think, oh, well, yoga therapy is kind of like you know physical therapy. But as you're mentioning, there's all of these different healing modalities that yoga includes, 
um, that are such as the breath that you were talking about and the awareness, really working with people's awareness and state of mind, as we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, and of course, you know, physical therapy. And I should mention to the listeners, you also have training in physical therapy, from what I understand. Is that right? Well, I I went to an accelerated course in uh, uh, physical therapy, and interesting how the universe. I didn't finish it, and uh, I worked as a physical therapy assistant for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I used to kick myself because uh, I, I got distracted with another project and uh, thought I always go back. But if I would have done that, I wouldn't have, you know, gone into the yoga in the way that I have. So, uh, but I'm very familiar with physical therapy. And there's also some great uh, physical therapists in Los Angeles. And one of them is the director of our clinical course, Lori Rubenstein Fazio, who they're both, you know, a physical therapist and a yoga therapist. Mm-hmm. So, getting back to yoga therapy, so how did you become interested in yoga therapy? Well, <laughs> the universe gave me a bad back for a while. Uh, <laughs> my running partner dragged me to a yoga class, and uh, fortunately, it was a very compassionate older woman uh, who was a disciple of Indra Devi, mm. and her name was Renee Taylor. And so I walked in and I, you know, my back was just, I had like a dog bite in my butt for a year. Mm. And she said, uh, I said, I can't, I was watching them warm up and I said, I can't do those. And she said, just do what you can and you'll be surprised. <laughs> and so at the very end of the class, she did a <clears throat> 10 minute Shavasana, you know, deep relaxation, which you don't get right. a lot of in regular yoga classes. And I'll tell you, at the end of that Shavasana, when I, you know, opened my eyes, the pain in my back that had been there for a year and a half was gone for almost four hours. Wow. And I felt high, just uh, just this kind of like feeling of um, bliss. Uh, you know, it was weird. And so from that moment, from my first one, I, you know, I, I found a teacher who was close by because she was far away. And uh, I started studying that very next week and never stopped. That was 37 yeah. years ago. So actually, it's a really common story how our own pain, sometimes oh, physical yeah. pain, but other kinds of pain often leads us to explore yoga. And then it really starts to work. And that just leads us further, you know, deeper into our study. As I, I move through the uh, years, <laughs> um, I, you know, every time I experience something that is a challenge physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever, and I, I find a, a solution, uh, it makes me a better teacher. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the people who uh, teach from experience, I think, are some of the very uh, best teachers. Yeah. So Paramahansa Yogananda said... Disease is generally considered a result of external material causes. Few people realize that it comes through the inaction of the life force within. Medicine, massage, and electricity merely help to stimulate the cells in such a way that the life energy is induced to return and resume its work of maintenance and repair. So in this quote, Yogananda summarizes the yogic philosophy of healing, that it restores our life force or life energy, which is responsible for the maintenance and repair of our bodies. So um, research 
which I'm happy to see, and you probably are as well, is just really blossoming. So research has now shown that yoga is an effective healing method for a wide variety of illnesses, from back pain to cancer, from cardiovascular disease uh, to anxiety and PTSD. So why do you think yoga is such a powerful intervention for so many different illnesses? Well, you know, when um, we talk about life force, prana, um, you know, that's where, you know, yoga is really unique. And there's some other Eastern disciplines who call on this, you know, that uh, the, 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 almost all the Eastern disciplines, Tai Chi, Qigong, you know, Qi, mm-hmm. Qi, Prana. Um, but I think that is what makes it really unique how we use the life force. And right. one of the things that people don't realize is really powerful is the advanced breathing techniques known as prana yama. So mm-hmm. prana meaning life force, the word ayama, to extend or control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, more and more, I, I'm uh, putting advanced breathing practice, pranayama, into my own personal practice. So whenever I go out to different events, teaching yoga, journal live, wherever it is, um, Almost all of the teachers, in addition to their asana practice, have a, a pranayama practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been really amazing for me as a physician to really explore that area. How breathing is such a obviously such a simple thing. We do it so many times a day. We do it even when we're not thinking about it, um, and yet it has this huge tie-in to so many different systems in the body and has a really profound effect. Um, on um, the stress response, you know, it really triggers the relaxation response, all all kinds of things. So that's, um, I think that's really, really a, a key benefit of yoga. And one of the things that makes yoga different than what most people think it is, which is just yes. somehow just some form of exercise, but, you know, it really is bringing uh, as I think you've already even mentioned, you know, bringing our attention into it, you know, paying attention, that present moment awareness, and also, you know, the, the breath, you know, and really uh, coordinating our awareness, our breath, our physical body, you know, bringing those all, you know, all together. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Larry, the same yogic practices that are helpful in healing are also helpful in preventing disease. And I don't know how much, I mean, I know lots of times when people are seeking, you know, treatment, you know, for, for um, whatever, you know, uh, issue that they have, um, I'm not sure how much your practice deals in prevention. But what's your view of the importance of a regular yoga practice in maintaining wellness? Well, my teacher, TKV Deskachar, and the son of the great Krishnamacharya, um, in his book, um, uh, uh, books has always talked about uh, the value of your personal practice. So the heart of yoga is a lot about how important having a personal practice is. And what I have found is that in our society that for people who are getting started with their practice, it has to be short. I'm talking about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether it's yoga, meditation, if you start with some uh, small amount, uh, then it starts to accumulate and have this great effect. So that I think that's the key for people who are not necessarily yoga teachers and so forth, that 
to get started with something really short, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever it is, but get something right. regular going mm-hmm. to build up this uh, energy. Yes, and then once once you do make that commitment and begin to practice, even as you're saying for a short amount of time, it does become easier to extend it because you begin to see the benefits. You begin Absolutely. to see, oh, it's really, it's really making a difference. You know, it really makes Absolutely. a difference if I, you know, if I, if I do, uh, practice daily meditation, if I do, um, you know, a, a short daily, you know, routine of yoga, it really makes a difference. So, um, as usual, the time is flying by and we're at our first break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Dr. Larry Payne, internationally respected yoga teacher, yoga therapist, and back specialist. He has co-authored several books on yoga therapy, most recently, Yoga Therapy and Integrative Medicine, where ancient science meets modern medicine. You can find out more about Larry's books, trainings, and yoga therapy sessions at the website samata.com. That's S-A-M-A-T-A dot com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at the Yoga Hour at Unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we'll explore yoga's holistic system for radiant health. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Available, you pray the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With you pray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With you pray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. You pray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free you pray app and links to download. Visit silentunity.org slash app. That's silentunity.org slash app. is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, the Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my 
listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm joined today by Larry Payne, founding president of the International Association of Yoga Therapists and the founding director of the Yoga Therapy Rx program at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. So, Larry, getting back to our conversation, one of the strengths of yoga is that it is a holistic system and has practices that affect all of us, body, mind, and spirit. So I really enjoyed reading the section of your book about Loyola Marymount University's Yoga Therapy Rx program, for which you are the founding director. But I was curious, because yoga really comes out of a much broader um, you know, system and one that definitely has a spiritual root. You know, it's really based in this idea that, you know, we really are all one. So one of the questions that I, I wondered about was how do the spiritual aspects of yoga fit in with yoga therapy in a more traditional setting, both at a university and then also in the, in a healthcare setting? Well, um, Loyola Marymount University is a Jesuit institution. Uh, but and the people also some people don't realize that the Jesuits though were people who really reached out and tried to help everybody. And uh, fortunately, we have a man named uh, Christopher Keys Chapel, who uh, Doctor Chapel, who founded this organization. And he's a professor there, and he's also a devout yogi. He lived on the East Coast. Not far where they made the cookbook, the Moosewood cookbook. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, his, he had a spiritual teacher and he's a real yogi. So it's really through his grace that we were able to, st- he started the yoga studies program and then he invited me in. Um, and that's how we really got rolling. And now this is like, uh, you know, 12 years later. Um, mm-hmm. and it just keeps blossoming. Oh, that, that's great. And I should mention for listeners that, it, that, um, Dr. Chapel, Christopher Chapel, has actually been a guest on the Yoga Hour a few oh, times, wonderful. I think. You know, so yeah, you can yeah. actually uh, search in the archives at, at unity.fm, uh, look for the Yoga Hour under shows, and then there's an archive. You can there's a search search function. You can find some uh, some interviews with uh, with uh, Christopher Chapel. Now that would so, be terrific. <clears throat> So, as I mentioned to you during the break, I really appreciated the eight-step wellness plan that you laid out as a template in in your book. Um, so, in addition to a personalized, uh, you know, posture routine or asana routine, it the eight-step wellness plan includes many other areas such as mindset, journaling, food choices, breathing breaks, and adequate rest. So, I wanted to touch on some of those here. Um, so that people would really get this idea of the, that, you know, yoga therapy and yoga, you know, really is this holistic whole, you know, in other words, much bigger than just physical poses. So <clears throat> when we talk about, let's start with mindset. I was, I was really interested actually to, to see that as you know, one of the, one of the uh, aspects. So what are the, some of the, some of the recommendations you make for improving a client's mindset? Well, I use this story. I have a uh, relative who wakes up in the morning and says, uh, cuss word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a job. I, you know, I haven't had a girlfriend. I, I'm going to roll over and go back to bed. 
nurses waking up and saying, every day and every way I grow stronger with my body, breath, and mind. So affirmation, uh, big word, bhavana, uh, which has to do with visualization, goal setting, uh, uh, affirmation. And f- for people wanting to get started in affirmation, just go to the Internet and put in the word affirmation. There's a lot of spiritual teachers who have great affirmations if you need one. But I, you know, the the mind is a programmable, as you know, and that subconscious mind is huge. And so we can program ourselves uh, with our thoughts. And, um, you know, if, if people go around with just negativity all the time, they really attract it. So I, I, my day starts with positive affirmation. You know, Larry, what, what's so interesting? What's so interesting to me about this area is there actually is, you know, medical uh, data. There have been studies that have been done on this. It was actually done in a very clever way. So what they did is that they had. Um, they had a group of patients, and they had their doctor give them a, an overall score about their health. And I, I forget what the scale was, but it was like a numeric. So the doctor gives you a number about, you know, how how sick they think you are or how, you know, the medical problems. And these were all people who had sort of chronic, you know, medical issues. And then they asked the patient, you know, how they would self-rate themselves. And that allowed the researchers then to separate the subjects into two groups. There were people who were health optimists who actually uh-huh. – were more upbeat. They gave themselves a better score, a healthier score than their doctor did. And then there were health pessimists who actually gave themselves a worse score than their doctor did. And what was really interesting is it actually co- uh, correlated with mortality. It correlated wow. with mortality. You know, so what you're just saying is that, you know, uh, thoughts have a power. You know, they, they really do. And it really, it actually has been proven, scientifically proven, that it's better to, you know, better to have that, you know, optimism and obviously not a false optimism. Um, you know, yep. yoga has a principle about, you know, not lying, you know, but touching into that part of ourselves, that, that deep inner peace and joy and wholeness where you can actually say something true, truthfully, truly, you know, I am getting stronger, you know, I am getting stronger every day, um, you know, can be a, a wonderful practice. I totally believe it. Uh, you know, the other parts of the the mind, you know, like the mindset, uh, meditation is a big one. And um, I remember going to my first um, meditation weekend with a great teacher named Shinzin Young, Mm -hmm. who's still around. And uh, I remember I was in Los Angeles, and I spent the whole weekend there, and I just, wow. And I got on the L.A. freeway, and there was a crazy guy just zipping in and out of traffic, and he was giving everybody the finger, <laughs> and it didn't even <laughs> rock me. I just went, eh. <laughs> you know, as the passer in the middle shook up or something. But I will never forget that. It was like the first day just leaving the place, and I just wasn't uh, moved by the pairs of opposites. You know, it was it was a, it was a very distinct <laughs> benefit of uh, of the meditation practice. Well, yeah, it, it can create a, uh, a distance, a space, you know, a space between um, our, you know, our inner 
self, our inner, you know, sense of ourselves and the things that are happening in our lives. And then in that space, it allows us to be creative, um, you know, rather than just to get triggered like you might have in the past. You know, someone is being a jerk and driving, you know, in a, in a, um, angry way, um, you know, and that, you know, oftentimes can make us angry as well, you know, it shows, yeah, that, no, yeah. shows that these negative emotions can be contagious, huh? Yes, it also, re- it reminds me of uh, a true story I've had in a couple of my books uh, uh, about, you know, the, the, the actual benefits of feeling this way after either a yoga practice or meditation and or both. Um, in the mid-80s, I founded the the first corporate yoga program at the J. Paul Getty Museum. Mm-hmm. And it's still going on to this day through one of my teachers. It's about 27 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I had been there for about 30 days, and we taught the class in the former dining room of J. Paul Getty, and right two doors down was a head of security. So after I'd been there for a month, he summoned me to his office. I mean, I was scared. What, I, what, uh, what, what do you want to talk to me about? And he said, sit down, Larry. So I need to tell you something. He says, since you've been teaching yoga here, everybody who walks by my door is nicer to me. <laughs> it was, you know, you have this overall feeling of well-being after a yes. yoga practice, and it spreads. Yeah, <laughs> contagious in a good way. Contagious. Yes. In a good way. Yeah, yeah. So, turning back to the eight-step wellness plan, so so one of the steps is journaling, and I was curious about how you see that. You know, why is journaling included as one of the steps? When you look at people going through difficult things like uh, cancer or you know uh, tough diseases. Um, uh, support is a great thing. And um, when you journal, it's a place to go with your feelings. And um, I look at it two ways. One, uh, for the students in our course, I say have a daily sheet, uh, which which helps you to motivate you that you just put down, if you did your practice, Mm-hmm. And you rate your day on a one to ten, and for muscular skeletal stuff, I also include how much water did you drink, mm-hmm. and uh, then a separate journal uh, where you put down your ahas, your deep thoughts, and so forth. Now I learned to do that at a place that was my, you know, turning point. Uh, with the father of holistic medicine, Doctor Everett Loomis, had a place called Metalark. And uh, you would go there and you would cleanse, and then every day they would have a meeting and they would analyze your dreams and share your journal. Mm. And the journal is just such a great support system, and I think you'll see research about how journaling helps people. They see their progress, Mm -hmm. they go back and go through their feelings. I mean, I, I find it a very valuable tool. So it strikes me it's one of the practices that could be included under svadhyaya or self-study. 
Yes. Um, you know, it's one it's one way, and, and Svadhyaya is one of the three main practices of Kriya Yoga as laid out in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra. So, you know, self-study, obviously, and, and it's not just self-study, I should say, it's it's also study of the nature of consciousness, um, <clears throat> which includes things like also reading scripture and, you know, studying the lives of uh, saints and, and those types of things as well. But uh, a journal, it, it's so interesting to me how we can lose track of of where what things were like for us, um, say a month ago or two months ago or six months, certainly six months ago, and a journal is one of those tools that can really help us track that over time. So I was I was happy to see that in in your in one of the uh, one of the steps of the eight step wellness Thank plan. Thank you. I think it's really important. So one of the other things that you mentioned, and we've touched on this a little bit, is breathing. And you mentioned breathing breaks. So what type of breathing breaks do you recommend? Breathing breaks is a nice way to say pranayama. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it won't weird anybody out, uh, which is you know is a big big part of yoga. Um, but you know, when I first took my first teacher training in deep southern India, it was with Swami Vishnu Devananda in the Shivananda tradition. Yeah. And uh, they were doing these two main breathing techniques. They were doing something called Kapalabhati, uh, shining skull, and they were also doing a form of alternate nostril breathing. And everybody did that. So after that, I went off and went to India several times, and I studied in, uh, you know, a lot of the the yoga therapy institutions, Kaivala Dhamma, the Yoga Institute of Santa Cruz, etc., uh, Vivekananda Yoga Institute. And I looked at all the different advanced breathing techniques. And then, um, about, I don't know how many years ago we started, maybe five or whatever, there's a man in India who's on like several television channels 24 hours a day. And he's healing people. His name is Swami Ramdev with all kinds of things, with those same two techniques. Mm. Uh, and, you know, there's no one or two techniques for everybody. There's always exceptions. Right. But some form of, the uh, you know, this uh, uh, shining skull or, you know, there, I, I saw, I've even seen a real user-friendly version where called the candle breath where you hold your finger out in front of you, arms linked like it's a candle with your finger, and you just blow <laughs> like that instead of, you know, when you do the regular Kapalabhati, you have to pass around clinics because they're like snot all over the room in the yoga, you know. <laughs> so that's a real user-friendly way to do it. And of also of the, all of the different alternate nostril breathing techniques, the one I like is called channel cleansing or Nadi Shodana, where it's just even, you know, in... You know, you, you inhale one side, block it off, exhale out, inhale in, block it off, you know. Uh, those two could go a long ways to helping a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's, of course, there's so many. Uh, right. But that just, it, since you ask, I would say that uh, I've seen those to be very helpful. And when you talk about a breathing break, so is this something that you recommend people do? You know, for example, a couple times a day or? When I was studying with my teacher in India, TKV Deskachar, and his family, and I met the great Krishnamacharya, and, uh, uh, you know, 
what happened in the every afternoon, you know, there's that stress time that somewhere between three and five, you know, where some people go get coffee. Uh, some people go get a drink. You know. uh, <laughs> but uh, for health reasons, uh, they would always break at that time. So I, I remember being with them, and they looked at each other, and they just... They use the yoga mudra symbol with the hands. You, uh, mirga mudra, where you have your thumb out and your two fingers, and your two fingers down and two fingers out to just mm-hmm. and with the hand back and forth like the Hawaiian hang loose sign or something. Like it's time to do some breathing. So yeah. I think once a day in the afternoon is good. But people have serious practices. I don't think it matters when. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the old textbooks, you know. Uh, they always talk about auspicious times, early morning, or sunrise, sunset, and so forth. But I think we have to make it practical for our life. So whenever it is that fits for you, as long as it's consistent. But I, I like to break the two of them up. Uh, but if you if you only have one time, you need to get them all in. In the order of things, it would be. Uh, I mean, I did. My personal feeling is if everybody got up in the morning took a walk in nature, came back, did their asana practice, then did their breathing practice, then meditated. That would be the ultimate, you know. But most people don't have time for all of that. So I just think a real good time, practical time that we need in 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 the U.S. Is, or all Western places is in the afternoon when that stress time comes. Hmm. So... Um... You have seen clients over many years now, um, and we've been talking about thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been talking about this idea of, of the holistic approach of yoga. And holistic's kind of a it's a uh, a word that may have some baggage at this point, <laughs> but I just mean you know that really touches you know body, mind, and spirit. So, uh, would you like to share a client story where the holistic approach of yoga therapy has been particularly effective? <laughs> I have a lot of them. I bet. I think one that just pops in my mind right now, there was a, a gentleman who um, was in the movie business who came to see me. And his I usually see people for lower back, and his was his upper back and neck. And he, he had to wear this, or he decided to, this ointment, this Chinese ointment he put on, like a tiger bomb or something, uh-huh. because it gave him relief, and it smelled so bad his wife refused to sleep with him. <laughs> <laughs> so after I saw him, for, I like, I'm not exaggerating, just two weeks, it started to go away, and by the third week, his wife started to sleep with him again, and they had another child, so I take credit. <laughs> the least they could do is name them after me, you know, said. Uh, Unless but, it was a girl. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, it, you know, that's a real story. And I have so many of those, and it's so heartwarming when you're, at a restaurant or something, because I'm, I'm a third-generation native of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And somebody walks up to me and says, hey, you know, I don't know if you remember me, but you did this or that. And, um, it, it makes you, I mean, uh, 
you and I are not in this, uh, you know, to, to make giant money. It's like we're in it for service. And those are the kind of things that you can't take to, you know, anywhere except in your heart that make you feel better. So I would say that, you know, uh, when those kind of things come up, it's really heartwarming. Indeed. So one of the things that I that I definitely wanted to find time to talk about uh, is the the um, association uh, of the Yoga Therapy RX program with the Sims Man Venice Family Clinic, which is associated with UCLA. Uh, and I think that this is a unique thing, you know, that the yoga therapy students are able to go into this, you know, homeless clinic. So can, can you uh, tell us a little bit more about that, the first yoga therapy interns at the clinic, and, and how has yoga therapy been received by the medically underserved population there? So first of all, since you mentioned it, the International Association of Yoga Therapists, IAYT.org, um, is uh, was co-founded by Dr. Richard Miller and myself 27 years ago. Mm-hmm. And currently, we have the greatest director, John Kepner, and the greatest president, uh, Dilip Sakar. Uh, and um, they are really establishing yoga as a legitimate profession. And in fact, just recently, you now have a, a, a certified yoga therapist that they've been working on these you know, standards for a long time. And so for the first time this year, you're going to see people with these credentials. Um, so um, that's how I got started with the yoga therapy as a formal organization. Then um, through the school, uh, each year we would have like another level. It started with musculoskeletal, then it went to the other system, then we had a shadow clinic, and then... Here we are looking for a place to have a regular clinic. Well, the Sims Man Venice Family Clinic is like one of the, the largest organizations in in the United States for the underserved. Mm. And uh, there is a man there. They're still there, Dr. Miles Spar, who's just amazing. I mean, he's an MD, and he's so well-versed in all of the other Eastern uh, disciplines. I mean, really well-versed. So he invited us Um uh, to come, and we are the first ever, to my knowledge, um, yoga therapists to be in an actual clinical situation like this that associated, you know, with a, a, a big organization and, and with a university like UCLA. Uh, so what happens is they have an integrative staff meeting once a week, and, you know, you have the MD, the acupuncturist, the physical therapist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, chiropractors all in there together. And they take a case study and one of the modalities takes it and everybody else then puts in, you know, their, their thoughts. It's incredible. And then afterwards, the, uh, the, the, the students in this level four see, see clients and then we have one supervisor there. Mm-hmm. So it's... Um, it's incredible, really. Yeah. And uh, so now we're going into um, our, our fourth year with this. Uh, so, it, you know, we've had a lot of write-ups about it, the interviews and so forth, but I think it's a, it's a pioneering thing that I hope spreads with a lot of other places, and I know a lot of people are, are doing it in some form. But this was a really great beginning. Oh, absolutely. I'm familiar with the. Uh 
with the um, Venice Family Clinic, as it was called in the 80s, when I was a resident at UCLA, actually, and worked oh, there. Wow, wow. Uh, so, so I know just, I mean, at least from a historical standpoint, I know a bit about it. And I know that a lot of the people who come there are homeless. So how how has that been working, you know, as your interns, as the yoga therapy interns see a homeless population? Are, are people open to um, yoga therapy? Um, has it been a successful thing, they feel? Um, they really feel it has, and they keep inviting us back. And um, my fiancé um, has a company called Mary Media. Uh, they They did a video on this. And it's available if somebody wants to ask to see, um, uh, you know, what, what it's like. You know, it's a nice overview, and it shows the clients giving their responses and Dr. Spar. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, I think that's a good way to, if people are curious about it and want to see more about it, uh, to see. Because they're very cooperative. They... You know, they're so grateful that somebody is giving them, you know, this special time and place. Mm-hmm. And they do their practices. I was, I, you know, I'm surprised. The, the thing that's hard about, especially people who are homeless, is they often, they'll miss an appointment. You know, it's like you have right. our people there and they don't quite get there. So, you know, that happens. Right. So we have backups for that. Um, mm-hmm. But, um you know, most of them real regular, and uh, uh, they, they they really appreciate it. Yeah. So, as you've mentioned, you've been involved in yoga therapy for quite a while, since the 80s, and really have been instrumental, in my view, in helping it become a profession. Thank you. <laughs> so, what's the most significant change that you've seen in the field of yoga therapy over the more than 30 years that you've been involved? Wow, that's a good question. I think just the acceptance, and I believe that what's helped us the most is this formal organization, the International Mm -hmm. Association of Yoga Therapists, IAYT.org, to, you know, you can go to that website and you can find a yoga therapist in your, now in in many countries. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, something like, I don't know, 30 countries. And, um, I mentioned the people involved, and uh, I think they have done a lot to to change it. Also, I, I find a real acceptance with the health profession. You know, the medical doctors and the chiropractors are at war for a long time. They still don't like each other a lot, you know. Right. But the, the great acceptance for yoga from hmm. the medical doctors, the chiropractors, the, you know, the acupuncturist, the psychologist, so they like us. Um, and so it's just a matter of us to keep getting our act together and, and uh, you know, set up standards, um, ha- have ways to, you know, uh, certify people that show they have credentials and, uh, you know, make it into a very respected field, which is really on its way. And just to give you an example, physical therapy has been around uh, for a long time. But it was almost a hundred years before they received like licensing and things like that. Right. Whereas uh, yoga therapy has only been around twenty-seven years, and we're already at the stage where we're, you know, certifying, having standards, and so forth. And you know, part of that is the modern communication and so forth. But 
uh, yoga therapy is well on its way to being a respected uh, field. And there's a man named Dr. Satbir Kulsa at uh, Harvard who uh, is really leading a lot of the research now. So that's another way that you get into mainstream is by doing research. Right, absolutely. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, there's been a real blossoming of research in, in which is come up with all of these different diseases now, these different conditions, health conditions that yoga has been, uh, various aspects of yoga have been found to be helpful for, as we were talking about earlier. Um, it's quite amazing. It's quite impressive, the breadth of the conditions that have found to be helped by yoga. One of the reasons, if I may interject, that I think that yoga is just so helpful is that the AMA, the American Medical Association, it says that 80% of all illness has a stress component. Mm-hmm. And the number one benefit of a yoga practice in any form is stress reduction. Mm-hmm. And it's do-it-yourself. So you put those two together and you really have something. Absolutely. So, Larry... Amazingly, we've come to the end of the program, no. um, and I wanted I wanted to give you maybe another minute. So, is there any are there any words of encouragement or inspiration that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Uh, I think um, that especially those of you who are out there who are yoga teachers. Um, and everybody in general is something my teacher, TKV Deskachar, always said to me, and that is to be an example. Mm-hmm. So we have some great uh, concepts in yoga, uh, especially the eight limbs of yoga. So if you, if you are an example of these things, then you will go far in life and you'll help a lot of people. Mm. Well, lovely. Thank you so much, Larry, it's for joining us. Today on the Yoga Hour. So you've been listening to you've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I am Dr. Laurel Trujillo sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. We've been discussing Yoga for Radiant Health, where ancient science meets modern medicine with special guest Dr. Larry Payne, internationally respected yoga teacher, yoga therapist, and back specialist. He's co-authored several books on yoga therapy, most recently, Yoga Therapy and Integrative Medicine, where ancient science meets modern medicine. You can find out more about Larry's books, trainings, and yoga therapy sessions at the website Samata. And that's S-A-M-A-T-A dot com. Join us next week for an episode from our archive, Live the Eternal Way and Awaken to Your Full Potential, which originally aired on Thursday, August 6, 2015. Um, In this episode, I actually host an episode with our uh, founder, uh, the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, and we really talk about the steps you can take to live well and awaken to your full potential. Live the Eternal Way, a spiritual training course, will be offered on six Tuesdays coming up from September 20th to October 25th with Yogacharya O'Brien. will be offered both on-site at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, and online. For more information, click on the button on the homepage at csecenter.org.
The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, and you can find out more. Again, the website is csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, the founder and regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers Nita Kenyon and Ann Hayes, and Jeff Comfort in the sound booth at Unity Online Radio. We look, I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Philosopher Plato said, The unexamined life is not worth living. In a world where it is paramount that we earn a living and provide for those who depend upon us, there seems to be little or no time for self-evaluation. Survival receives all our attention. Yet, when you pause and take a look at the little things in your daily experience, a richer you will be discovered. In knowing yourself, you develop a better understanding of others. In unity, we support the spiritual idea of knowing thyself. It's how we can all bring a healing, compassionate attitude to an ever-changing world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.
sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 